speaking of red flags in a relationship, I actually had a really good friend who her boyfriend at the time would get pissed off when she would hang out with me or any other friend. We would have to FaceTime him while we hung out to make sure she was actually with me. And it was so annoying. It was like, what is your issue? Like, she's not, she's literally with me. She's not, we're not making out. We're not doing stuff. Like, what is your problem with me? Oh, I hated him so much. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, guys. Good morning. Welcome back to the Rotten Podcast. We're on episode forty-two, baby. Let's go. Let's go. We're drinking Alani New, and I when I say we, I mean actually just me. Um, I think I drank this last time, but this is the Kimmade. It is so freaking good. I literally crave it. It's and very it's good. So unlike me. Yeah, so I made a switch me. from drinking coffee in the afternoon to drinking like energy drinks like that. You've also made a switch from drinking coffee to drinking boba. No, on occasion, <laughs> yes. on occasion, but not not that often. So there's a, there's a spot in LA called Chicha San Chen. If you guys have never heard of it, it is like the only boba spot that has the equivalent of three Michelin stars. Their original location is in Taiwan. They bought three locations to the United States, one in Seattle, two in um, LA, and it is like the best boba i've ever had in my entire life and even matt craves it which is so unlike him it's very true it's very true the other day you're like uh do you want to get chicha and i was like <laughs> yes let's do it let's Man, do we've it we've had such a reverse in roles you're like asking me about going to the gym mm-hmm. saying you need to eat more protein mm-hmm. and i'm over here eating candy and asking about <laughs> boba look at the influences I will say, I don't know if you guys have noticed because I don't post Instagram photos as often anymore, but I have gained weight, which is fine, but I don't even feel like I've gained weight because it's, I've gained weight in all of the right places because of protein. I feel like my hips have gotten wider. My butt is bigger. My abs look stronger. Look at you listening to me for a change. Look at you listening to me for a change. Eating candy and both. But I don't, I don't <laughs> like notice at all when you say that you gained weight. Like mm-hmm. I can't. 
I mean, I notice in your definitely in your hips and your butt, which is good, mm-hmm. but I don't see it anywhere else. Like when you're like, oh, I gained weight and I just literally cannot see it. Yeah, I think I was, I don't want to trigger anyone and just like, we're going to maybe talk about this for a little bit, but I used to be 92 pounds last year. That's insane. Yeah. <laughs> and now I'm 98. Were you not eating as much last year or? No, I actually, you know what it is? I think I noticed the weight gain started when uh, we started doing our nightly tea and dessert. <laughs> I really noticed it. Like, I don't mind that I'm gaining weight because for me, it feels, I don't know. I just feel like healthier and stronger. Also, I'm doing a lot more work in horseback and then also It probably with helps with that. You feel like more stable and centered when you're on the horse. Do you feel like that helps or no? So I've gotten bucked off like quite a bit over the last year and a half. And the only thing that's going to save you to get bucked off is having really strong thighs to grip your body and having I've definitely noticed your thigh grip <laughs> in other areas okay. of life. Well, and also it really helps to have really strong back strength so that when you lean backwards while it's bucking you, you can also pull the reins back. Yeah. Like if your like reins are too long or you don't have enough back strength, if you're not leaning far back enough, you will just literally fly over the horse, which I have done. But you always show me all your videos and people don't realize how hard it is riding horses. And how tough you have to be to ride a horse. Yeah, like to get back up and keep doing it. I mean, a lot of people are like, wow, you're so resilient. People that know horses are like, you have to be tough to keep getting back on that horse, which is why that's probably a saying, right? Like get back on the horse and keep going. Is that a saying? Yeah. I don't think I've ever heard it. Really? Yeah, no. I don't enjoy falling off a horse or, you know, getting thrown off a horse. But my trainer, Kelly, keeps telling me, she's like, you are like one of the most tough students I've ever had because I, the second I fall off the horse, I'm like smiling ear to ear. And I'm always like, did you get it on camera? Did you get it on camera? Please tell me you got it on camera. You're so resilient. (laughs) Just a little cockroach. And then she's always like, do you want to get back on? And every single time I'm like smiling. Yeah. Like, yeah, let's get back on. And she's like, I wish I could, I wish I could take some of that from you and like give it to my other students. I'm sure they get so just thrown off and disheveled and not wanting to finish out the lesson. You know what else I think would be really helpful, which I learned from Peter Atia, who's a doctor. He's pretty well known. Mm -hmm. Um, He's written some really amazing books and he's been on like a bunch of podcast circuits and stuff. And he really studies longevity and living longer. And one of the things that he does in his practice for older people, because I didn't even know this because it's not something I would have to worry about. I'm 31 years old, but when you're older, a lot of ways that people get injuries and die even is from slipping. So what he has his patients do is really develop their grip strength because, you know, if you're thinking about grabbing onto a rail or holding yourself up, if you fall, being able to pick yourself up, just mitigating the damage of potentially slipping when you're old and a little bit more frail. He even has them like holding, like just like holding onto a bar Oh, by themselves? Yeah, just like grabbing. Like a pull-up without pulling up. Yeah, Yeah, just like holding. I'm sure if you developed your grip strength too, that would maybe help, right? Like with the reins, feeling a little bit more. Or is it not? It's not even the grip thing. It's me pulling backwards Mm, like this. So back, so rows and stuff would make you. And they're like 1,200-pound horses that are incredibly strong. So they will like, like move their head and shake it to like get you to like loosen up on the reins. But I think a lot of people look at people who ride horses as if they're abusing them because if you watch me ride, you see me holding a crop or a whip and then kicking my horses on the belly. But think about it. It's like 
a baby kicking me as an adult, I'd be like, that doesn't hurt me at all. But I'll, I'll give them my attention if they're annoying and pestering me. And that's really what I'm doing when I'm riding my horse. I'm like pestering them to do what mm -hmm. I want them to do. It doesn't really hurt them. But my friend Lexi, who maybe some of you guys have known about, um, she posted a video where she like did a day in my life riding my horse. And one of the horses that both and I, her and I ride is Pick. And he's 30 years old, which is incredibly old in horse years. And people were commenting, wow, like your trainer's abusing that horse. He shouldn't be riding anymore. He's 30. Well, the thing is, it's, it's all he's known his entire life. And he'd die faster if no one ever rode him. And mm -hmm. he just became like a farm yeah. pasture horse. Like, I mean, he, people are sensitive about anything. They'll say yeah. anything. But if the horse is what, 1,800 pounds? 12 to 1,400. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then that's really not that much for a 90. I'm a 98 <laughs> And I'm sure girl. a lot of it too is confidence. Like it's probably not as much about strength as it is about how confident you are in your own body. Yeah. You know? And they, they're like empathetic animals. They can really, really gauge and feel your energy. Like if I'm tense, oh, they're so tense. If I'm freaked out, they can feel it. So like when I fall off and I, I get back on, I have to push Every single intrusive thought aside being like, I'm not going to fall off again because if I'm scared, it's going to happen again. And that's happened multiple times. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They, they just know what you're feeling. That would be would fun. you be upset if I go to horse? <laughs> I wouldn't be upset. These are things we have to like, talk about when we get married. Like, I mean, we'd have to purchase. go through, yeah, we'd have to go through the expenses and stuff to figure out I what the cost would be. On the low end, they're like 10000 A year to maintain? No, just to buy. And then what's, do you know how much they are to maintain? But on to, the high end, they go to 250, but I wouldn't buy a $250,000 horse. Those are like thoroughbred racing horses that are yeah. like competitive pedigrees. Um, but I think it's about $1,000 a month to maintain, which is definitely pricey. <laughs> That's pretty pricey. Yeah. So it's, we'll see. But I definitely, it's like such, it's so fun for me. And yeah, you love it. I just, I love it so much. I'm happy I found a, a passion and a hobby that just makes me so happy I and like you, gives me that like um, adrenaline <laughs> that I need. Little adrenaline junkie. <laughs> We've really gone on a tangent here today, but today, I think in today's episode, Matt and I kind of want to talk about relationships. I mean, we've been together for five years and the last episode we put out, it was me and Mickey talking about friendships and how not a lot of people talk about friendships. And I thought it would be really fun to like do the kind of same video, but about relationships, like yeah. green flags in relationships, red flags in relationships, signs you're not in a good relationship, sign you should freaking leave, or how we've been able to make it to the five year mark and not hate each other. True, <laughs> but not even just hate each other. I think something we both pride ourselves on and people obviously don't see behind the scenes, but we have so much passion and genuine love for each other and that feels rare where when you're with someone for five years you get so excited to still hang out with them and spend time with them i'm not saying it's unheard of or it's that rare yeah but it's not a very common thing i think most people going through the motions of life and in and out of relationships you always wonder you're like am i gonna get sick of this person you know, and I think we've gone through so much in our relationship and so much growing where we've really figured out how to have a very healthy, stable, passionate, loving relationship yeah. that we both appreciate so much. And um, I think it would be great to talk about that because to get there, you definitely have to go through a lot of ups and downs. and You have to grow a lot as an individual. And um, I think we've gotten to a really good place over the past couple of years. And... It 
So in the last part of that is like, we both are so annoyingly needy for each other's time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I feel like that's crazy to have a friendship even of five years where you're spending so much time with that person and you can't wait for them to get home. You can't wait for them to be done with work so you can spend time. (laughs) And it's like, I'm so proud of us for that because you do kind of have those fears and thoughts when you're in a relationship and things are going good and it's new and you're like, What's going to happen in the future? What's going to happen in three years? Where will I be in 10? And I think a lot of people are scared about being in long-term relationships. And I know even my older sister, she she recently got engaged, like right at, pretty much after us. And I remember having a conversation and, you know, she's been affected by my parents' divorce. And she was just a little worrisome that what's going to happen in 10, 20 years? Like, will I still love this person, you know? And I think, first of all, you can't think that far ahead. You have to really just take the day to day. Yeah. But I totally get that fear. I think even getting engaged, it's like, it's oh, such shit. a scary commitment. Yeah. And it's not one that either of us take lightly at all. Yeah. I think there's a lot of thought and work that goes into being happy and staying happy in a relationship. And for us, it didn't come easy. At one point, I think we've talked about this. Like Matt and I went to couples therapy for over like, I would say a year and a half. Not even, I don't know. I think, yeah. Time flies so fast. I think a year and a half. Yeah, Yeah. I think a year and a half. And it made both Matt and I learn so much about not only ourselves, but each other, which I think also helped grow our relationship. Because I think before couples therapy, I had a very rudimentary idea of, you know, how to act or how to process my feelings and my emotions and how to communicate. But I think going to couples therapy, which I don't think everyone needs, but if you are struggling with something and you're like, but I still love this person, but like, why can't we figure out this one thing? Like, why can't I, why don't I feel comfortable asking him or talking to him about it? Or why can't we like fix this one issue? Literally allow someone else mm -hmm. to help you in that aspect. Yeah. And I do think everyone should go to couples therapy. Even if you have a great relationship, it can always be better. And I was thinking about this the other night. I'm like, I think I was just having a high thought. I was laying in bed (laughs) and I was, I honestly was just sitting there so happy. Like, cause we're, we spend so much time together and it brings me so much fulfillment and it's very difficult to get to that stage in life. It's really difficult to get to that feeling where you feel so fulfilled from love. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that comes from self-love, but I was just thinking about it and I'm like, why do, are we not taught how to love someone? Like we get taught everything in life almost. I mean, there's a lot of things they don't teach in school, but they teach so many different things, but they don't teach you about relationships or love connections. Yeah. Yeah. But that seems like such an important part about life because no matter how successful you are, no matter what you're going through in life, you're always going to value and cherish your relationships because you could be having an incredible successful career and be making tons of money. But if you have no one to share that with, or no one to go home to, you're going to feel empty. I don't think you need a partner to be happy, though. Like, no, 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 I don't. And, and I'm not saying a partner. I'm saying friendships, relationships yes. in general are the most valuable thing of life. Because if you don't have that sense of community, right, they study these blue zones where people live so much longer. And mm-hmm. one of the common denominators in those blue zones is very strong sense of community. Oh. Oh, that makes a lot of because sense. Because your your quality of life is so much Happy, higher when yeah. you when you have a community, when you have family, when you have connection with people. And it's so wild that we aren't 
really taught that ever. Like everyone's just stumbling through relationships, not sure what to do, not sure how to voice themselves, not sure how to get their needs met. And no one is taught. And it's like, go to therapy to learn. And it's like, ooh, stigma. Mm -hmm. And it's like, but everything else has someone you can call to get help for like customer service or an accountant or you get a mentor or you get a tutor or whatever it is in life. We have all these facilities through that feel so normal except for like love and relationships. Yeah, that's interesting. I think what's funny is that you're saying this and then last week Mickey had also said that she had read a study where they said what is a definition of happiness and a lot of people equate it to success, money, power, whatever – what it really actually boils down to is the quality of your connections and relationships with your family, your partner, your friends, or your cohort, whoever it is. It's like your quality of your connections, which makes sense why the blue zones happen in places where there's a huge sense of community, which mm -hmm. I think is very much lacking in like big towns like LA. Yeah. In American culture in general, mm -hmm. I think it's, more in the south like i feel like in the south at least my perception of it is i don't think they live long because they also don't eat very healthy <laughs> yeah. i think the blue zones they also eat healthy on but top i'm of. saying in the south it feels way more traditional to have a stronger sense of community and family like bigger families bigger communities even when we're watching selling oc and that new girl who comes on whatever her name is who won miss tennessee Alejandra, and her mom and her are having an interview and her mom's like you walk down the street you see your teacher you see your friend like there's this sense of community you get that feel just from their one-on-one -on -one conversation mm -hmm. and um again if number one if one of the main contributing factors to living a fulfilled happy life is your relationships then to me it seems so backwards that we don't focus more on that as a culture i think it's becoming more common in more less of a stigma to go to therapy and talk about these things, especially for men. But it's wild that we really don't have those facilities to work on that. Yeah. Because I think that would save so many people from wasting time in life, not knowing how to communicate in a friendship, not knowing how to get your needs met. That's a very high thought. How do we equate that to like signs of a bad relationships? Like, you know, like, Red flags, green flags. Aside from the flags, I think the number one thing that is most valuable for a healthy relationship, whether it's a friendship or romantic partner, is loving yourself and being aware about yourself. Because number one, you can only control yourself. Like at the end of the day, you can never control another person. So the first step, I think, is working on yourself and being very aware of that. So I think... A green flag in a relationship is being with somebody that is working on themselves. Okay, so like for me, I think a red flag would probably be, can you trust your partner and can your partner trust you? Or are you guys like always looking through each other's phones and like, I mean, we have our find my iPhone on each other, like find my friends on each other, but it's not like we're like staring at it 24 seven or at least I'm not. So I think a red flag would be like someone who's always trying to control what you're doing, where you're going who you're talking to, huge red flag right there. I, I use it to see when you're coming home. I'm like, <laughs> when are you going to be home? Are you on your way? Yeah, I wake 
fuck up all the freaking time to you not being in bed and you like literally gone from the house. So that's only when check? I look. Yeah, I check. I'm like, where the fuck is he? <laughs> but not in like a, oh my God, he's cheating on me. It's just like, did he really go to the gym without saying goodbye? Cause like, I love my like good morning kisses and then you leave for the gym. But lately you have not been giving me good morning kisses. You've just been leaving to the gym, which honestly sometimes I like because sometimes you used to wake me up at like 6 a.m. and then I couldn't fall I feel bad after. like disturbing your peace. If you're like dead asleep, mm-hmm. then- You've even said before, like when I go to the gym, you weren't able to fall back asleep. Yeah. So the last thing I want to do is like disturb your sleep, even if it is for a kiss. And also there's times where I will (laughs) kiss you and you don't even remember it. So I'm like (laughs) maybe a third of the time you enjoy it, but a third of the time you don't remember. And so (laughs) if you don't remember, so it seems like two out of the three times it's not beneficial to you. So, you know, I let you sleep. Oh, I have another red flag. Have you seen what Justin Bieber wore to Hailey Bieber's launch party? No. Oh my God. Okay, so this is a red flag. I think not being supportive of your wife or husband, whoever, huge red flag, huge ick for me. And so I saw photos of Hailey Bieber dressed to the nines, cute ass little mini leather red, red dress, heels on pumps. Guess what freaking Bieber is wearing? Like sweats. Oh, not even like clean sweats. Dirty little stinky ass sweats with Crocs. With his a hat on, giant sunglasses, and his hood over his face tied really tight. So really all you could see was this. <laughs> to her like, to her launch party for her skincare brand. Oh, wow. That's a yeah. big one. And like, she looked pissed at him. Because like, she's looking like a 10 out of 10. He's looking like... He is, he is Justin Bieber though, but I know. Still, I know. it's like him not showing. It's a sign of respect. Yeah, that's the perfect word for it. The disrespect I felt, and I, I'm not even a huge like Hailey Bieber fan, but I felt like so sad for her because you want your partner to show up. He physically showed up, but emotionally, you could tell he did not show up for her. Red flag. That's a good one. That is a really good one. Big red flag. I think a red flag is like when someone doesn't take the initiative to become friends with your friends. Oh. Or if they can't get along with your friends. If they can't get along with your friends. Or don't like when you hang out with your friends. Yeah. I actually had a really good friend who her boyfriend at the time would get pissed off when she would hang out with me or any other friend. And I'd be like we would have to FaceTime him while we hung out to make sure she was actually with me. And then he didn't even like me because we would hang out so often because we were really good friends at the time. And it was so annoying. It was like, what is your issue? Like, she's not, she's literally with me. She's not, we're not making out. We're not doing stuff. Like, what is your problem with me? Is it because she's giving me attention and not you? Oh, I hated him so much. But I mean, and you can't love every one of your significant other's friends, but you definitely, you should still make an effort to try to be friends with them. Even if there's something you could do to connect with them or in in a certain way. And I think on the other side, a green flag is like someone who is supportive of your relationships and friendships, yeah. even if they don't support it. But supporting you for your relationship with that person yeah. is a very valuable thing because the last thing you want is to feel like your partner doesn't like this person to one, you can't open up about it Two, you don't feel comfortable going and hanging out with them and being yourself. And now you're kind of like compromising who you are in what I think is an unhealthy way. Also, it makes your friend feel uncomfortable. 
So yeah. it's like you, you feel like you have to pick and choose. Like, okay, like either I'm going to stay with my boyfriend or stay with my friend. Like, yeah. who do I choose? And if you love both of them equally, that's like such an unfair place to be in, especially if your partner's making you feel that way. Yeah. But if it's a valid reason, like this person's really rude, like they don't have manners. Yeah. They like, they like, I don't know, like stole money from like another friend. Like if, they, mm -hmm. if your partner has a valid reason as to why they don't like them, valid. Yeah. If there's like no reason at all and they just don't like you hanging out with anyone because they want to control you. Bad sign. Bad but sign. also I mean, even on the person, like I'm sure I have friends that you don't really like that much. It's not like you like everyone, right? And the same is true for I you. I really like, like your friends. Yeah, and I really like your friends too. But I'm just saying, even if someone isn't like my type or someone mm -hmm. that I want to spend time with, those are things I just keep to myself. But it's the effort. Yeah, it's the effort for sure. Like if I made the effort to try to be friends with this person and spend the time with them, but maybe deep down i'm like i don't really like them that much mm -hmm. but i'm not going to tell you that yeah because what good does that do again you're going to be like insecure about it you're like sitting there being like who does he not like no <laughs> there's not like one person I can think of one person but i've also come to realize that person was like really rude because they would stay over at our house and like yeah you haven't been friends boxes. with that person for like years yeah, yeah yeah then it comes to a point where it's like hey this is just disrespectful like I actually, and again, it goes back to freaking <laughs> selling OC, you know, people like with your friendships at a certain point, your morals and ethics and your character, sometimes if someone's like living a lifestyle that, or acts a certain way that you mm -hmm. genuinely don't want to associate with, yeah. then that's a different story. Speaking of red flags in a relationship, and this isn't always a red flag, but if your partner has a lot of friends from the opposite sex. Yeah. Now I'm I'm only saying this because of if you guys haven't seen Selling OC, Tyler is like the main guy. Like everyone fucking loves him. And he's like mm -hmm. seven friends that are girls. And every single one of those girls are trying to make out with him while he is married. So like, I'm not saying that like, you know, every single one of your like friend that's the opposite sex is like trying to get with them. But if they have a lot, like, I mean, a lot of friends that are the opposite sex and they're a little too close with them, I'm gonna say red flag. Yeah, I think it's normal to have like one or two best friends that are like the opposite sex. Like yeah. Brett and Brian for me are like my best guy friends. Mm -hmm. But like, there's no like chemistry, like yeah. literally like, yeah. at all. 100%. I agree with that. Honestly, watching Selling OC, you see a lot of red flags. You're like, oh, that's a red flag. Red flag. Mm -hmm. Red flag. Red flag. Red flag. Red flag. <laughs> okay, so this this is another red flag. And I need to like school you. Not school you. That's a wrong term. But like teach you or educate you on this type of fetish. Um, if your partner is not supportive of your goals of being a better person, right? Like Whoa. being healthier, creating stronger bonds with the, your family or friends, like going to school again, like something like that. And I'm only bringing this up because there is a fetish called feederism. Have you heard feederism? of feederism? There's an ism for everything. Okay, feederism <laughs> is a fetish of dating someone and overfeeding them till they get oh, fat feeding fetish it's a feeding fetish oh I to you the feederism i have poor well, pronunciation you, th you threw me off because of what you said before that about someone who doesn't support your goals so i thought it was going to be some weird fetish where it was like someone has a fetish of being with someone and then like <laughs> secretly plotting against them or not supporting no, no 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 feederism <laughs> is a fetish of overfeeding your significant other and like watching them overeat like literally just like being like are you hungry? Well, you should eat because I made this food for you. And then like that person isn't eating, but they're like shoving you food down your throat to the point where like either you die or you're like super literally obese. That's insane. And I only heard about this because there's a girl who is 
was dating a guy that was into feederism and she didn't realize it until she's tried to start losing weight. Like she had gained like a hundred pounds dating him. And then when she tried to start losing that weight, he was so against it, so pissed at her, was always pissed at her if she said she was on a diet, pissed at her if she was like eating like a healthy meal. And the only time she found him ever happy was when she was eating unhealthy. And she also said that he would never eat when she was eating. It was always like he would ask her. So this her, is a real fetish or is this a specific like person? No, that's a real fetish. Wow. It's called feederism. And we actually watched it with James. Yeah. On 600 Pound Life. Yeah. Who has sadly passed away now where his wife or girlfriend kept. Just feeding the Feeding sh him. She's like, all right, it's time to go. Yeah. yeah I'm just going to. Like pump. he gained weight on 600 Pound Life. My 600 pound life when you're supposed to be losing weight. And even the doctors were like, she, he's only gaining weight when she's around. So he, yeah. she was like into feeding him. She was him. sneaking him like fast food. She was trying to kill him. Yeah. Which is kind of like this fetish. That is so weird. I think another. So that's a red flag. I think another big red flag is when somebody doesn't make an effort with your family. Or Aww. makes you feel, makes you feel like they don't support you your family as much whether yeah. that be like coming to plans or whatever it is like yeah i would say that's a red flag where you know you invite your significant other to family events and they're always like nah i don't yeah. want to do it and I, I get it if it's like a lot if it's like a a multi-weekly thing yeah but i think if it's like a few times a month totally normal yeah to want to see your family and have your significant other with you yeah you should be trying to bond with that person's family i mean that is such a huge part of who they are that's a mm -hmm. huge part of their life they'll always be in their life hopefully if they have somewhat of a healthy relationship with their family so your significant other should be putting in effort to build good relationships with your fam with the other person's family yeah, i agree i think it takes time to get there yeah I I think it takes it like a few years for you to find for you to feel really comfortable to come often. Yeah. But, you know, it goes back to just being in a good like being in a relationship again is hard because yeah. you have to put yourself out there. You have to put yourself in so many uncomfortable situations. And that's definitely one of them. I mean, I think we all remember the time we've met our significant other's family for the first time, you know, because it yeah. is uncomfortable that you're afraid how they're going to. You know, if they're going to judge you, if they like you, you don't want to disappoint your partner. But even aside from how difficult and challenging it might be, you should still be putting in that effort. And so I'm I my flag is like you're not putting in the effort or you don't care to at least try. How did you feel when you first met my family? What were you feeling? I mean, I met your sister like in the first week or two of us dating. So that kind of <laughs> was like an icebreaker because I yeah. really like Tree. I love both of your sisters mm -hmm. so much. So meeting her right away, I was like, okay, I'm starting to like inch my way a little bit in. Mm -hmm. And she was so cool. And like, I just, I felt like we hit it off. Like we were outside, like taking like a couple shots or whatever. And you were like, come in, whatever. Yeah. Um, I actually got annoyed at you that night. Yeah, I know. Did you? Yeah, because I was like telling her it's okay to smoke a cigarette. Yeah. Yeah. So Tree is my sister who likes to smoke cigarettes when she's drunk. I don't know if she still does that, but at the time she was wanting to, and I'm just so grossed out by cigarettes. And when, when you said that to her, I was like, oh, this man has smoked cigarettes before. And I was just actually really disgusted. I was like, okay, well, fuck tonight, and then bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then I met Tammy. Have you ever smoked a cigarette while we dated? Never. Yay. See, I was like very, I was like very on and off. I smoked cigarettes for a bit, and then I was on and off for a very long time. Mm -hmm. And then when we met and you had such a negative, strong reaction to it, I completely just 
took it out of my possibilities of things to do, which I needed to. And then yeah. also the rise of vapes came up and stuff like that. So whenever I was feeling that urge, I would just like hit a vape and stuff yeah. like that. And then never real. I have no cravings for a cigarette. Yeah. Like I'll smell it sometimes. And I'll be like, mm, that smells good. I do Ew, want one. Really? But it's not a serious craving. It's not like I'm like, you know, yeah. like a nicotine addiction and craving. There's like a feel and I don't have that feel at all. It's more of just like, oh, that would be nice right now. Yeah. Yeah. But anyways, when I met Tammy, she came over and stayed and like we went, we dropped them off at a wedding and that's when we went uh, Tommy, right? Yeah. We hung out with them. So I felt like because I got to know your sisters first sort of individually, it really made me feel more comfortable. It's not like I was just thrown into the fire and meeting everyone all at once. And you're obviously closer with your sisters. So to me, that was the most important was yeah. like building a good relationship with your sisters and when I met your whole family for the first time, I loved it. I, you scared the shit out of me to like meet your mom and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then when I met her, I was like, she's definitely culturally so much different than I am and so much different than my mom. But she wasn't as nearly as intimidating as you <laughs> thought. And we ended up building a good relationship. Yeah. Like we'll text randomly. And like, you know, I think she really likes me. And mm-hmm. I really enjoyed meeting your family when we went for Christmas. Yeah. I remember meeting Jennifer, maybe, um, how, when did you introduce that us? That was like in the first two weeks for sure. Wow. When we, we went to go, uh, like dancing. Well, I know, I just don't know the date, but I do remember how I felt. I was like really excited. But then when I finally met her and I met all of your friends at once, it wasn't just like a one-on-one session. It was like a lot. It was like a lot of your friends and Jennifer. I really felt overwhelmed and I hid in the bathroom for 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. Did you know that? Yeah. So I felt a little insecure because like it's a lot. It definitely felt very overwhelmed at that time. And you were talking to your friend Celeste, who was a girl. And I didn't think like you guys were like dating or anything, but like you guys were such good friends that it was me, you and her, but you guys were just talking and I felt so not included mm. in the conversation. That's always uncomfortable. That yeah. I was like, what am I doing here? Like, I feel weird. I'm just like what standing there. <laughs> no, I just felt like I was just standing there butting into your conversation instead of feeling like I was a mm-hmm. part of the conversation. It wasn't like you guys were trying to exclude me. Yeah, no, I, just, I get that. I was being really bad at including myself. Yeah. So then I literally ran into the bathroom. I didn't <laughs> run. Okay, I walked. I walked in the bathroom, pretending I needed to pee. And I sat in there for 15 minutes, texting my friends at the time, being like, I feel so insecure. Like, I just met his family and his friends. Like, what am I doing here? I just want to leave. I literally mm-hmm. wanted to leave. Mm-hmm. And then my friends, like, talked me down, and I went back out. I was like, okay, like, I'm just going to butt into this conversation. <laughs> But um, yeah, Jennifer is super nice. I freaking love her to death. She feels like my little sister that I've never had. And then, oh, like I freaking adore Andrew as well. And then your family is so sweet. I feel like there's like no one in your family that I don't like. Well, you wouldn't tell me and you wouldn't say that. But yeah. No, I wouldn't tell you. But I don't I don't feel like I don't like anyone in your family. Again, you wouldn't tell me. (laughs) I did have a boyfriend where I didn't like his little sister. Oh, really? Yeah. You probably didn't tell him, obviously. I mean, people can pick up on stuff. So I'm sure maybe, you know, Mm -hmm. I think another red flag and we've done like pretty much all red flags. But I think another red flag would be when your significant other doesn't invite you to hang out with friends or a certain friend group or something oh, you know yeah mm-hmm. it's like what are you hiding yeah or it's like you don't like this combination 
it could be the other way around. Like you don't want your boyfriend around your own friend group because X, Y, Z, that's like a flag of like, maybe that's not your person. Cause like your person should be a partner that really compliments you. Yeah. And you want to show off and you yes. want to bring around to people. You want to bring to your yes. friends, your family, everyone, because you're so proud of them. If you don't feel proud of them and mm-hmm. I've had boyfriends and I'm like, Oh, I don't want to bring them around. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I've been there too. You feel like you have to babysit them. Mm-hmm. And that's again, not. we've said this before, but that is one of the things that I love most about you mm-hmm. is like i love bringing you around yeah because i love showing you off number one yeah you're like my little prize <laughs> possession and then I number showing you off and then number two i feel like you're so good at meeting new people that's one of my favorite things about you for sure is like you leave a good impression and you make me look better but like a partner that makes you look worse around people is Ugh. definitely a red flag yeah i agree I really agree. I had a really good one and it slipped my freaking mind. Uh, oh, 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 oh. You don't need to have sex to be happy. I feel like a lot of relationships, they use sex as a way of like coping with the fact that they're not the right partner with them because they're mm. like, but the sex is so good. The sex is so good. But the sex, like I can't find someone else that has better like sex skills, right? But there's sex like, skills. there's like no like depth to the relationship. <laughs> yeah. That's probably a red flag. If there's nothing else like going for you guys other than really good sex. Yeah. Yeah. That's like so amazing that you're like, I can't leave them. Yeah. I mean, we like, let's be honest. We've gone like weeks without having sex. Oh yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's like, it's not like we're like, oh my God, is something wrong in a relationship because we're not having sex? It's like, oh, like we just don't need it. Yeah. Like, right. I mean, again, everyone goes through different stages of sexual desire, mm-hmm. especially when you're in a long-term relationship, you go through like periods where you're like getting it on a ton. And yeah. then there's times where it's like a little more routine, more just a way to connect. But yeah, the red flag would be like, you can't feel connected to that person without sex. Yeah. So I think one thing, again, that I love about our relationship is we have so many different ways of being intimate that don't require a sexual encounter. Yeah. You know, we can lay on the couch and be so like cuddled and snuggy, other, yeah. snuggled or like make each other meals or spending time or holding hands and doing things that aren't sexual that give us the same form of intimacy and connection. But if every if we weren't as good Unless we were having sex, that would be a really bad red flag. Yeah. So. And I'm not saying having a lot of sex is a red flag. I'm just saying if you use it as a band-aid for not feeling connected in other ways or like if you guys can get in a fight and that's like the only way to make up is like Mm -hmm. through sex, like probably red flag. Yeah. And I'm there's times where that happens because obviously if you remove the stigma around sex in general, it's one of the most intimate things you can do with someone. Mm Mm-hmm. You're like naked, you're close. It's like the closest you get with someone. (laughs) And there are chemicals that you release when you have sex and when you connect with somebody. So it's not unhealthy to make up or be connected through sex. It's only unhealthy if that's your only outlet and you're doing that every time and you can't get there without it. Yeah, I agree. I think another sign you're in an unhealthy relationship is if you feel like you can't be honest about things that are bothering you. Yeah. That one's tough and that's nuanced. And I think that is why so many relationships break down because eventually someone does something that you don't like. And you, when you're first starting out, you kind of just keep it in. You're like, I'm not going to say anything. And then it starts to build up. And then maybe you say it and you've already built up so much emotion about it that when you finally voice it and maybe it's not the right setting, they kind of like shut it down or they don't realize how big of an issue it is for you. Mm-hmm then it becomes even worse. It's like a cyclical pattern because you can't express it. You've already 
built up so much that you're afraid to. Yeah. And sometimes it's happened even in our relationship where I'm like, I've built up maybe this emotion where like now I'm fearful to say it because if I don't get the right reaction, then I know it's going to hurt me so much. Or like in my instance, I've been scared to bring up things for you because I don't want to hurt your feelings or your ego or whatever it may be. But I think when I'm saying this, uh, it's a red flag is if you're scared because they'll like throw a temper tantrum. They'll like try to break up with you. They'll like fight with you. They won't give you a safe space to listen to you. Um, but again, it is very nuanced. And like there are times where I'm like, okay, like I don't know how to properly like tell you something without hurting your feelings or, you know, X, Y, Z or me feeling like I'm like attacking you. I don't want you to feel attacked in any way. So I think that's like a, a sign of a healthy relationship if we're like thinking about what the other person's feelings. But if it's like, I can't tell this person this because they're going to fly off the handle, then. Yeah, definitely a red flag. Red flag. Relationships so hard even with friendships always yes. saying what you feel is hard no matter if it's a romantic partner or if in school or if it's in your job yeah so it's not like a a red flag if it's difficult or you're bottling something up because we're humans that stuff happens all the time but it's all about how one you communicate your feelings it's all about how are you able to deal with this on your own or is it something that really bothers you where you need to voice it because it's just going to eat you alive. Mm -hmm. So you, I feel like there's so many personal things you can do in that situation. First, I think helping is like talking to someone about it. Maybe that's not your partner. Like, yo, have you ever experienced this? Like this bothers me or whatever. Maybe sometimes you just need a vent. Yeah. I think that that's like a healthy outlet is differentiate the difference between just needing to vent about something versus really needing your partner to acknowledge how you're feeling. It's a good one. I like that But one. sometimes people just want to be heard and it doesn't necessarily matter if it's the other person. I think they just want you to say, oh, I get what you're coming from. Oh, I understand. Oh, I can try to be better. Oh, I'm really sorry. You know, mm -hmm. just acknowledging. Yeah. Or even taking the time to think about what your actions. Did. Yeah. And a lot of times, too, when you're living with someone and we've been living together for four years. Yeah. Holy shit. That's the longest I've ever lived even with Even if anyone. it was just a roommate. Yeah. Sometimes you have to really weigh pros and cons. Like you do things that I don't like and I do things that you mm -hmm. don't like. Like I'm loud. I might leave a little mess here. I might not do this. And then there's things that you do. And so sometimes I'm, you have to. I'm too quiet. I leave, I leave a little bit of a mess. <laughs> you leave a big mess. Yeah. <laughs> um, but in a different way you leave messes in different ways yeah, you're yeah. messy i'm dirty -er. yeah like, like you leave you i'll leave like a stain stains? but i won't leave like a clutter yeah if it's like a empty box of cheese it's it's automatically going in the garbage for me for you you'll have empty box of cheese it's like on the couch or in your room or whatever yeah yeah but it's not but dirty. i won't have There's like no crumbs. Stains or however you have been getting a little dirtier <laughs> lately get, turning into me with crumbs i've become a I, we are like rubbing off each other on like certain ways i think i don't mean like you're a slob but like when you eat you do have things like fall out of your mouth <laughs> <laughs> you're not a slob but like when you eat you have like shit all over the place but definitely not a slob okay but i've become a little bit of a slob i literally have an oil stain on this beautiful dress like yeah, what spilling and i've gone the opposite direction because yeah, so, so many cleaner. times like you're like <laughs> just like shaking your head i'm like damn and now i pointed out to andrew all the time i'm like dude you gotta stop spilling coffee and hot sauce on your shit <laughs> Like, yeah. So again, back to what I'm saying. Sometimes you just have to weigh the pros and cons of like, should I bring this up? A lot of times too, it's like, 
you could be dealing with something else and then these little symptoms get exacerbated by other things that you're feeling. So again, it really comes down to checking in with yourself. You're like, okay, like I'm actually really mad because I don't trust him. But then these little crumbs are annoying the crap out of me. So I'm going to get really mad about the crumbs, but not like the fact that I don't trust him. Yeah. Yeah, totally. That's a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. I really like that one. I think we have like some really good signs if you're in a healthy or unhealthy relationship, um, let us know down below any other signs of an unhealthy relationship. I think people definitely have different definitions of like what is healthy and unhealthy. Again, we are not experts at all. And yeah. I think this is just our opinions. We're not experts, but we've definitely had success in our relationship because we're engaged. Literally. We're getting married. We enjoy spending so much time together and we have a healthy way of like communicating with each other. Which took work. It took so much work. And you guys have, I think, honestly, you guys have witnessed it as well. I think, you know, like we've, we've been very honest that like last year we struggled a lot. And like, I feel like this year for us, at least we laugh so much more. We genuinely want to hang out. Like I genuinely, like it's so annoying maybe this is so unhealthy to some people if they saw us but like i can't wait to hang out with you every single day <laughs> like i literally I like know. i'm just like going through the motions of work life <laughs> and everything else just so that i can sit on the couch and yeah. eat tea and dessert and hang out with you yeah look i mean everyone has what they think is a healthy relationship and at the end of the day it really just comes down to like are you comfortable in yourself are you fulfilled are you getting your needs met and do you genuinely feel optimistic about life? If Aww. you can, if you can check off all of those, then the, the the nuances or things that people might not agree with or whatever they don't matter because mm-hmm. everyone has their own buckets and what they deem to be healthy. But like, it really comes down to just like, how are you in the present moment? Are you optimistic about life? Yeah, one hundred percent. Absolutely. I love that you said that because I think I've talked about this before where I said I used to think I would die at 32. But after dating you, I can see if I'm like happy and excited for the future. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. You're like so excited about grandchildren. <laughs> weirdo. More than children. Just God kidding. damn. Yeah. Just got to get over the children so I can get to the grandkids. <laughs> wild. wild. If our take. kids don't have grandkids, I'm going to be pissed. I'm well, going to be one of those like grandmas, like those moms that are like waiting and when are you gonna- countdowning. Yeah. Doing Count a little downing. Counting down. <laughs> <laughs> counting down to the days until my kids are having babies. Um, but yeah, so if you guys want to be a part of the podcast, leave us some rotten submissions down below in our in our little And genuinely, Google. I'd be curious like if anyone's interested, anything they want to hear us talk about, whether it be our relationship, whether it be just anything in life relating to our careers or just give us some, you know, suggestions down below. We're always reading the comments and love to hear from you guys and want to just make great conversation. Yeah. Sorry, I'm trying not to burp. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that Kimmy, man, is making me burp like crazy. All right, guys. Well, that is it with tonight's episode of the Rotten Podcast. If you guys haven't already, give us those five stars, baby. baby. And leave us down in the comments below other signs of an unhealthy relationship. Love it. All right, guys. See you next Tuesday. Bye, guys. Bye, guys.